0: Shalom, mishpacha. Shalom, family. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word, and it means family. We're the mishpacha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile, it's finally come down to form. One new man getting ready, Mishpochah, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. Now, when I talk about people that have either through vision or in the body or out of the body gone into the throne room of heaven, I have to tell you, it does provoke me to jealousy. But I have found a psalmist... That when he worships God, he takes everyone into that experience if they have a heart to do it. Now, I'm speaking by way of telephone to Keith Duncan. Keith has been a worship leader for 27 years. But the difference between what he is today and what he was is the difference between a New Covenant psalmist and a professional worship leader. Would you agree with that, Keith Duncan?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, Sid. I think, I think we have lots of people like I, myself who are a professional musician who found an occupation and, and a place to connect in the local church. But there's a difference that takes place when that professional occupation encounters the presence of God and causes a shift in their music as well as their personal life and focus.
0: Why is it? that just every church you go to, there's like um, a routine, if you will. Uh, It starts out with real fast music, then it goes slow, and then you know it's time for the announcements. Uh, I mean, it's so predictable. um, I don't believe that that's what God had in store for his people, where you can predict everything.
1: I agree, Sid. I think I think part of that is because, as humans, we are creatures of habit, and we like our routines. Um, I like coming in from work, and I like to sit down on my recliner with my remote, and that's my routine. If my routine gets disrupted, I have a problem with that, no matter if it's good or bad. But I think also the same is, you know, if there are some paradigms in the church, some thoughts, some processes of thoughts – That see music really that we do on Sunday morning as merely just an icebreaker to get the people together to sing, so that we can hear the preacher preach his red hot sermon or his great sermon. And I think, I think that with no with no detriment to the word, because I think the word obviously is we need to hear the word. You know, we're changed by the our faith is built by the word by the hearing of the word, Um, and that the word disciples us. But I think oftentimes we put so much emphasis on the Word that we really miss the true meaning and the true purpose of what uh, our, our praise and worship segment or our music time before the, ser- the, before the service begins. I-, I think we miss the importance and the significance of that and uh, because we're so focused on the Word. When the truth is that that the impact of the Word can have such greater impact and effect in our lives when our heart is prepared and open and ready to receive the Word instead of us just coming together to sing a song so that we calm down from the drive of all the traffic jam that we've been in getting to the church and the kids screaming in the car. You know, sometimes we just take that as, as the moment in the time to where we sing, and everybody gets calmed down and relaxed, and now we can hear the Word. But...
0: Now, and now there seems to be a shift, Keith, uh, in churches, the biggie churches the, the the mega churches around the united states are in, in a mode called seeker sensitive with a good honorable intent the good honorable intent is to get a non believer to transition to be a believer but as a result the the rest of the church only has a couple of minute, a few minutes worth of worship. Uh, yes. What do you think of that? What do you think God thinks of that? <laughs> Better question.
1: Well, I believe uh, first and foremost, um, I, I believe that the, the seeker sensitive will meet people, the non-church, the non-believers, if you will. And I think I'm reminded back Sid, to, the, to the vision of the river. And, and, and scripture tells us that the the river flowed really shallow out of the uh, from the court and and the further that the river flowed, the deeper the waters got and and There were some people that were in the river that were that were that were uh, ankle deep in the river there were some that were waist deep and there were some that were in over their heads in the river and so what part of my understanding is with this is that the secret sensitive paradigm gets people into the river, at least. Let's get them wet, let's get them, you know, saved and into the kingdom. But I I can't believe that we, it's not our intention just to stay ankle-deep in water. I think it's it's our intention to pull them into the deeper, to encourage them, come, let's go swimming, let's go deeper, don't wade in the water when we can swim in the water.
0: Well, Well, you know, it's my belief is that it is a wonderful, honorable intent, and many people are getting saved. But the roots are not deep. It's exactly. saved, but there isn't intimacy with God. And with what I see prophetically that is coming on planet Earth, those that are ankle deep uh, may get out of the water when things get tough.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. If, if, we, if our focus is just on pleasing the people, then our worship and our word will be very shallow. But when we understand, and this was part of what my transition was all about in, in 97 was, is that God transitioned me to quit singing to the people and begin singing to God. Because if I'm singing to the people, then I will basically I will enable them to give a scorecard for our praise and worship, and I will let them dictate what songs we sing. Um, or or how long we sing or how loud the music is and I will cater to what they want rather than what God wants.
0: Well, I I thought it was a theocracy. I thought God was in charge. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Keith, how does someone become such a fabulous psalmist? Uh, You started at a young age. Now, I started at a young age, uh, but I didn't get very far. I still can't play the piano today. It just wasn't my thing. Uh, why did you start learning the piano?
1: Well, actually, I, was, I had two grand- grandmothers uh, on both sides of my family, my mom's mom and my, da- and my uh, dad's mother. Both of them played the piano, and one of them was much more accomplished than the other. And uh, as when my grandmother, who was accomplished, passed away, My other grandmother began to pray, Lord, let that gift and let that talent transfer into Keith's life and and let him really expand with that. And something happened, Sid, that there was a transfer of gifting, and I connected with one teacher, and it didn't quite really work. But then I found this other teacher that re- that helped me to be able to connect and just begin to develop. And all of a sudden, this transfer of talent and, and anointing, there was something even even at that young age, there was an anointing that was that was on my life and was manifested, and people could see that. And and that's what I truly believe in this transfer, this transfer of anointing. I believe in speaking that because I experienced that myself personally. Uh, I would discover chords that ordinarily I would not have discovered in reading music because I could hear things that the music was not notating out on the paper. And so therefore I wanted to... I wanted to release it. I wanted to discover, how do I release what I'm hearing? Little did I know that that was part of what God is trying to tell us the church today. Release what you're hearing in your spirit. Quit playing somebody else's music. Release what I'm giving to you, because what I'm giving to you has so much more impact and will affect and change so many lives more than just sticking stick to the notes. and. So that, that's where I began. Uh,
0: you, you know, we're, we're, uh, our time is slipping away, but uh, uh, you do concerts all over the world. Uh, you, you call them throne zone concerts. And when you do it, you said there's usually a very special time that occurs when there's a transition and people have an opportunity – to have heavenly experiences, have downloaded direction for their life. Tell me about that moment.
1: Yeah, there's, you know, the Scripture talks about, and if you think about it in the tabernacle of Moses, with Moses' tabernacle, there was an outer court, there was an inner court, and then there was a holy of holies. Well, we know in the outer court there's lots of praise and there's celebration. And, and, and if you think about that, take that pattern and let's overlay it into what we do with our praise and worship segments on churches on Sundays. We open, and usually our intent is good, to open with a fast song to gather the people, to celebrate, to rejoice about what the Lord has done. And we sing we sing to one another about the things that God has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. Praise God. Hallelujah. But we don't stop there because we know that there's a greater destination, a higher calling that we can have an encounter with God. So we make that transition into the inner court to where we begin to worship and sing songs to God. And we begin to tell him of his greatness and and to thank him for all the things that he has done in our lives, but to just to tell him of, of how awesome and powerful of a God he is. And and the focus shifts off of everybody else to where our focus begins to shift on God. But Sid, so many times we stop right there but there is another dimension that since, since Christ has come, since Jesus came, the veil was rent in two, God, God says, you can come into this holy place with me. And so that's, so, that's true even in worship.
0: But, but, you know, most believers, Keith, never get there. Oh, no. What a tragedy. I mean, you spent a life as a professional uh, worship leader, and you never got there. Am I
1: right? No, that's exactly right, because I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I had access to it.
0: But uh, you know what? We're, uh, because our time is slipping away uh, on tomorrow's broadcast, I want, I want them to taste what God has done since your experience in the throne room. Uh, but tell me about these two CDs and your book, The Throne Zone. Uh, actually, you take one of your throne zone encounters that you do all over the world, and you recorded it live. Tell me one person's experience when they were listening to your uh, concert.
1: We Just recently, this, this, we had a, a man who had undergone uh, radiation treatment for a brain tumor. As a result of that radiation treatment, it had blinded him in one eye. While he was in that throne zone conference, in that atmosphere of worship, that morning his eye began to clear up, and throughout the day as he continued to soak in the presence of God, and as he continued to just worship the Lord, and this was this was a person who had never experienced anything like this. He came from a very liturgical background, a liturgical church. They had never experienced charismatic worship or the...
0: Listen, <laughs> the anointing was so high, not only did he get his sight in his blind eye, he took his hearing aids out and could hear. I want you to get these two CDs in his book, The Throne Zone, because he literally... There's an anointing on his worship. There's an anointing on his writing to get you into being normal in the throne room. We're making this special package available for a gift of $40. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 447 2697 Keith Duncan Briefly, what is the throne zone?
1: The throne zone is that dimension that we have gained access to where I believe our purpose is discovered and our passion is ignited so that we can receive our assignment straight from the throne room of God and, and, and execute His plans for our life upon the earth as He's purposed it to be in the heavens.
0: Uh, you know, something that's coming to me, it's sort of like most of us live our life on the AM radio dial. And when you get in the throne zone, you're getting on God's radio dial. It's not FM. It's way beyond FM. But you're tuned into the frequency of God. And, of course, all things work out when you know what God's telling you to do.
1: We, we transition you, you, you remember the discovery when F- fm radio ca- kind of came along and the clarity of it and, and you can switch back between a m and fm but now they 've got the high definition studios that broadcast, right. and the clearness of that. And and yet, that's another element. What's interesting is that element, those airwaves, have been there all along. It's just that we now know how to broadcast and utilize those airwaves to increase and intensify the signal. And the same is true with air worship. We start at a certain level, but God enables and unlocks things within us that catches us and helps us to transition from the AM to the FM. But ultimately, he's calling us to that high def frequency, and that's the throne zone Dimension and, and we have access to it, Sid. We have access.
0: Well, you know, you're one of the two CDs we're offering this week has got starts out with such it's so high with excitement and energy, and you, you have shofars being blown. I mean, it's literally a celebration, and that was just the start. Uh, uh, let, let's go to just a little bit of that start.
2: Come. And tonight, let it be established in the heavens as we declare the name of the Lord to be praised. We have built for you this place and we bid invitation come, O Lord. Come, O Lord. Come, O Lord. Come. Hear these praises. Almighty God, from heartfelt thanks of love and adoration of our King, for you are mighty.
0: That was just a little bit of uh, Keith Duncan and the CD we're making available this week. But uh, Keith, when I hear that, I'm reminded of a vision that you had in 1991. Uh, You were, as a lot of people like to say, minding your own business uh you you were going to a youth baseball game and all of a sudden you weren't at the game what happened
1: The stadium was filled with all the ball ball uh, the uh, ball fans I mean, it was a large stadium, and it was just totally filled with with people enjoying the ball game. The vendors selling candy and peanuts, and players out on the field and watching it. It was a beautiful day. But then suddenly, I would experienced something I never experienced before. That said, it's like all the all the players were gone off of the field, and between first and third base, I could see a platform that was set up, and I saw and I knew that this was a a, a worship service. And to be honest with you, I didn't have the vocabulary to describe it, didn't really understand what I saw, but I knew what I saw, if that makes sense. I, I saw on this platform, and I knew people were here not because of a ball game, people were here not because of a platform personality speaking. They weren't there because the president was showing up. They were there filling these stadiums because they were passionate for the presence of God and ready to worship God unashamedly in the open air, and their passion was so great it took a ball stadium to hold them. The church couldn't hold them. It was they needed a ball stadium so that it could fill all of the people. And it dramatically shifted my life and I knew then God wants to fill our stadiums not with 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 sports fans. But God, I believe, wants to fill our stadiums with people who are so hungry for the presence of God and passionately in pursuit of him and ready to unashamedly worship him and fill these stadiums. I believe that's coming prophetically.
0: Well, I believe the reason—you know, sometimes I wonder. I see the hundreds of millions of dollars that are being spent for sports stadiums. Uh, I see the hundreds of millions of dollars that are being spent for uh, athletes and uh, television contracts. Uh, And I'm saying, you know what? God's going to even redeem that. He's going to use all of these stadiums. for his purposes. He's going to use television for his purposes. He's going to use the internet for his purpose. And our job is to take back the ground as rapidly as we can. And the only way we can take back the ground is to become normal. Well, take me to May 1997, after you'd been a professional worship leader, really good at your skill, you had a visitation that forever changed your life and made you normal. Tell me about that.
1: Well, Sid, the you know, like for, for like you said, for eleven years I'd been serving full time capacity, professional musician I I was very well scripted. I was a great administrator. I had my fast song, my slower song, my prayer song, and then a hymn. I had my special music. I had all of that scheduled months and months in advance. So all of my department heads knew exactly what was coming down the pike and they could be prepared for and scheduled. Until May of 1997, when I got in and I, I, I had my song list for the night, and I did my three songs, but just amazingly, out of nowhere, the power of the Lord just hit this place, this sanctuary. And I looked, and my pastor, he was he was laying on the floor worshiping God. I looked to the, the next person in charge with their assistant pastor, and he was just he was lost in the presence of God. And all of a sudden, I had nowhere to go because I didn't have it scripted out in my list. And I thought, oh, Lord, what do I do now? So I just began – I heard a song. In my head, in my spirit, whatever you want to say, I, in my head, I heard this song, so I began to play it. And as I began to play it, that weight of God's presence in that room, the weight of His glory, Sid, just began to intensify so much so that it was so heavy on me I could not stand, and I ended up on the floor, face down on the floor, and 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 immediately as I laid I, the way that I was facing, I was facing back towards the the uh, our baptismal. Uh, pool in the back uh, back section of the the sanctuary there, and immediately I was transported into the throne room, and I could see the, the stair the stairs the marble floor that led up to the throne, and I could see the legs of of one who sat upon the throne, and I knew this was the throne of God, and this was God Himself that I was catching a vision of, and I was I was astounded, I was amazed, I was. I was awestruck. I had no words, and I was like, Lord, what is this? And, but, I, but I could feel the weight of his presence intensifying even greater as I lay there. I, couldn't, I could not pick up my hands or my head. The weight was so great. And in the very back of the sanctuary, I could hear this little church mouse voice, if you will, a little quiet, squeaky voice that began to sing in the Spirit. And, as she began to sing in the spirit on the floor of the throne room, I saw this this sparkling diamond pop up on the floor and begin to spin like a top and then she would stop, and when her voice stopped, that diamond disappeared well. You, you know, as well as I do, have been in services where the glory of God is so thick, the glory will come in waves. So this next wave of the Spirit just kind of flowed in, even in greater capacity. And about half of the congregation then began to release their spontaneous song that they were just letting the Spirit sing through them and singing in the Spirit. And, the, and I saw more of these sparkly diamonds. Well, several of these waves happened, and nobody left because the pres- nobody could move. The presence of God was so intense. Until finally in this last wave, the entire congregation was singing in the spirit with some of the most melodious, beautiful harmonies that I've ever heard in my life. And at that juncture, I noticed, and the throne room floor was filled to capacity with these diamonds that were sparkling and, and dance, spinning like a top on the throne room floor. And at that moment, when the floor was filled, I could see movement from the throne of God. And f- f- coming from the legs of God was this, this substance that looked like milk and honey being poured off of his lap. And it ran down the steps of the of the of the uh, throne room, and it would go in and out, in between of all of these sparkly diamonds, and it never washed them away, or never tipped them over. It just weaved in and out, and the Lord just began to speak to me after this was over, and I began to process. Lord, I've I've seen this, but I was like Amos, what did you see? What did what did you recognize? And. I said, Lord, well, I, I, saw, I saw the sparkle diamonds that happened when people began to sing in the Spirit, and then I saw the river of God that began to flow from your throne. He said, you've seen correctly. He said, but what order did they happen in? And I said, well, what first happened was the, the diamonds and the people releasing their song, and then I saw the river. He said, that's exactly true. He said, the church has been praying for my, hallelujah, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, Said, He said, the church has prayed for my river to flow in their lives and to bring healing and refreshing to their land. But if you notice, the river did not break free from my throne until the people released what they had in their belly, their praise, that spontaneous singing in the Spirit and releasing their song. And the Lord told me, he said, the people are the ones who are responsible for withholding my river from flowing, because my river is ready, it's intense, it's raging, and ready to flow. But I need someone who will release their praise.
0: So, so we are waiting on God, God is waiting on us, and nothing is happening until we learn how to get into the throne zone. Keith Duncan is a psalmist. He was transported to the throne room of God. He learned mysteries. He saw the effect of worship. Uh, Keith Duncan, if everyone listening to us right now realized what happens when they worship, I think everyone would become a worshiper.
1: Absolutely, Sid.
0: I mean, I, I, I don't think any of us comprehend that all heaven... Uh, gets orchestrated, so to speak, when we worship. I mean, uh, you you wouldn't think that we would have an impact on heaven.
1: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. We're actually joining, when we go into the throne zone dimension of God's presence, that throne room worship, we join the chorus of heaven that is already there, releasing their sound around the throne of God 24-7. And we have access to that dimension. We don't have to wait. It's not just for our pastors. It's not just for our worship leaders. This is the kind of worship and experience God wants us to have in our homes every day.
0: Now, but let me ask you a question. In, in, when you went to uh, uh, the throne room uh, and you saw that as people worshiped, diamonds started materializing in heaven, uh, do you know there are many ministers in earth that uh, when they speak, Diamonds actual diamonds materialize? I wonder if heaven isn't invading earth during worship.
1: Well I tell people often, Sid, I said we have a lot of manifestations of gold dust that happens. And, and And the thought just hit me, well, the Word of God says that the streets of go- of heaven are paved with gold, which means to me if our praise is ascending to the heavens, maybe we're just drilling a little bit of hole in the in the road of heaven, and the manifestation of gold is our indication that our worship has pierced through the heavens and into that throne room to release the glory of the Lord upon the earth you know i I, I believe I believe these things can happen, and God has says. You can come. I used to think I'm not spiritual enough. Or you know I'm not I'm not the I'm not the pastor of the church. That's reserved only for people in ministry or people for you know who are just super super holy who walk on water. And I'm I'm not that. I you know I I'm, I I go to work every day nine to five. I was working my job and I thought, Lord, you know there's this acts this is only accessible by certain people that you've chosen. But the Lord in '97 showed me, no. I can have access to that throne room dimension. I, I, can, I can, I can, in knowing that that place is acceptable, I need to then determine how can I incorporate that into my lifestyle, into my, as part of my discipleship, if you will. Knowing that I have access to that, how do I tap into that? Because once I get into the throne room, I firmly believe, and I, and I talk about this in my book, that the throne zone is the place where our purpose is discovered – and our passion is ignited. Now, the significance for me was that I see a lot of people in church who go to church out of routine, but they they have no idea what they're on earth to accomplish. They have no idea of their destiny. You know, I, I heard it said before: the greatest tragedy in life is not death. The greatest tragedy in life is going through life never knowing your purpose. And 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 when we understand that, if if I can just but it be like the woman who had the issue of blood. If I can just but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Well, take that concept and apply it today. If I can just press through to the throne zone dimension of God's presence and that enter into that throne room, then I can understand who he's created me to be and what I'm here on earth to accomplish. Because I learned that nobody can accomplish the assignment God has given me to accomplish unless I never, one, discover it or, two, I forfeit it. Each person today on the radio, you have a unique assignment that nobody can accomplish except you. Your job, the Lord says, come into my throne room and I'll give you all the specifics. I'll download the details to you.
0: But, but, but Keith, you, may, you make it easy for us. Let me explain why. We decided, we have a prayer meeting uh, uh, every Tuesday afternoon. The staff gathers to worship God. And we chose your music. And something happened that has never happened in our prayer meeting before. Everyone, not everyone, but the majority got up formed a circle. No one orchestrated this and began dancing. I mean, ju- just worshiping God, just unabandoned. They, uh, it, it was a freedom like I've never seen before. I would like to play that selection that we played at our prayer meeting. And I, I want those that are listening uh, to get a feel for what can happen in your home. I mean, business offices are being transformed when this music is being played in their business office. Imagine what would happen in your home. Uh, And the thing about Keith's music, it's the new style from heaven. It's not singing about yourself. It's singing about God. And it's not just singing about God, it's singing to God, big difference. Let's hear Mighty God.
2: Somebody shout one last time. My team! My team.
0: 1 800 447 2697. 1 447 2697. Keith had a visitation to the throne room of heaven in 1997. Totally forever changed his life. He was a professional worship leader, he was anointed, he was called by God, but he never himself could enter. The the throne zone that level uh, what would you call it? it? It's like breathing the atmosphere of heaven. What is the throne zone exactly, Keith?
1: I believe it's that place to where we lose sight of all the time. We lose. We lose our our control of ourselves and and worry about what am what am I going to do about this or what am I going to do about that. It's a time where we shift off of off of ourselves totally, and are totally just so captivated by looking into the eyes and the heart of the Father that our atmosphere translates, if you will. I tell people all the time that's why it's so important. These CDs that that we're offering and making them available to them are resources that will help to translate their atmosphere to the throne room of heaven. What do I mean by that? It just means that When when we come into such sync with the heavens and the heaven opens up and we're in that uh, – it's it's like a conduit from the heavenlies to where we get to pipe into the sounds of heaven. And we hear the sound of heaven and we're joining with the sound of heaven in that song and releasing the sound of heaven on earth. We're actually fulfilling what the, the Lord said, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here on earth. Even as it is in heaven. And so when we're releasing the sound of heaven on earth, we're we're connecting the kingdom of God with the earth, and there's something that causes a shift because when light comes into darkness, it dispels the darkness. That's what happens. When you tap into the throne room of God, it dispels all the adversity of life, it dispels all the stress of life, it dispels all the questions, the concerns, the frustrations, the healing, the sickness. Because for that moment, moment, time stands still when you're in the presence of God. Well, well, you
0: know, that's what happened at our staff prayer meeting that I was talking about on yesterday's broadcast. Uh, We played a selection called Shout, uh, Shout Unto God with the Victory, and something so supernatural happened. uh, I can tell you, people literally, their problems totally dissipated. Uh, What happens when people hear this at a live concert?
1: Well, when, I tell you one thing. When you get into that shout, uh, the, the Hebrew word for that is shabak. It means to uh, to shout or to command triumph, like is recorded in Psalms 145 and 4. And what happens is when you release that shout from the from the pit of your stomach, if you will, it's that. Mm, Deep within you, that shout breaks the atmosphere, and when it breaks the atmosphere, it causes the chains of addiction and bondage to break off of you. Just like when the children of Israel marched around Jericho, on that last lap, what did they do? They shouted, and the walls came down. And I believe, Sid, whenever people hear these CDs and they're playing in their home, if they will just but shout in their home, you don't have to worry about who can hear you. Go in a room and close it up and turn the music up. And just shout to God. I believe that the shackles of oppression, the shackles of depression are going to flee. The, the clouds of adversity that are surrounding are going to dissipate, and the rays of God's sunlight is going to come in. To I believe, I said, I sense that there's someone who's listening to the radio today, who has been so overshadowed by the spirit of discouragement that they just feel like committing suicide today and ending it all. But, sister, I want to tell you, ma'am, I want to tell you right now that as you begin to shout, you're going to pierce through that darkness, and you are going to see the rays of God's sunlight come into your atmosphere, into your room, and no longer are you going to be suffering under a cloud of oppression, but you're going to be able to rejoice and shout unto God for the victory. You're going to shout because you've been set free.
0: And, and also, many are going to shout, Keith, that because they're... F- physically healed, but they're going to shout before they see it. That's called faith. Without faith, you can't please God. Especially, I see arthritis in the fingers disappearing. Any, any uh, arthritis anywhere in your body, when you shout, you're going to shout it out of your body. Let's go to that song, Shout. Listen to your music. When people worship God, when people learn the keys that God has taught you so that they can get into the throne zone themselves in their own home from your book, uh, tell me some feedback you're getting.
1: Uh, Sid, we're getting some tremendous testimonies. We're having people who, who are having stomach issues, uh, been diagnosed, and the doctors can't figure out what's going on. They've lost weight at 50 pounds uh, because they, they, they are sick. And they, uh, but immediately God heals them. Uh, we have business owners. Uh, the, uh, these have a gentleman that, uh, in particular that while he was in the middle of worshiping God, God gave him an idea, a creative business idea, And he he also gave him like the business plan, if you will. In that same meeting was an investor looking for something to invest in. He was a venture capitalist. And and right there in these times of worship, they connected, scheduled a time. They went in afterwards to – after the service was over to a meeting – uh, meeting place, and they partnered together on this on this uh, business that launched and they had multiple employees and changed their life. They went from unemployed to being business owners uh, just just um, amazing things, uh, cr- people, and business strategies, and how to market particular items. God's raising up entrepreneurs, and the reason He's raising up entrepreneurs is so that He can fund the kingdom of heaven, and the message can go forth and and can continue you in the radio and in the television, and 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 because it's important that the airwaves begin to be seeded with faith and with righteousness and with godliness and with praise belonging unto the king and when we do that we can see the heavens open up and god is released to manifest however he needs to Uh,
0: listen i want the heavens opening up over everyone that is listening wherever they go what do you see based on your experience now that's going on in your life that is going to happen to christian music tell me the trend what is going to happen
1: well in so many models today that we have in our churches we're playing to the crowd we play songs uh, in our music services that the crowd likes um that will draw a crowd that will be that will be sensitive to what is current with the market and what the radio markets. the problem is is we've made worship an industry and so we we're, we've been entrapped by the industry, but that's not what God is wanting. That's not what God God is calling us to challenge the system, um, and that's not a real popular uh, uh, not a popular message. But the message is simply this: We've got to quit playing to the people and play to God, because when we play to the people, in essence, we're sowing to the flesh, which means we can only reap fleshly results. We can only receive the applause of man, or people will buy our CDs. But there's a whole nother level, Sid, and this is where we're focusing in on is we want to give God the glory that's due his name and sing to him sing songs that describe who he is, his attributes, his character, his nature, and sow those seeds into the heavens uh, uh, and into the atmosphere and into the airwaves, so that as we release those songs into the airwaves, he manifests on earth that which we're singing him as being. Uh,
0: You know what I'm reminded of as you're sharing this? Uh, There were men of old uh, that knew how to get a hold of God through prayer, and when they would show up, Even without preaching, people would fall on their face and be convicted of sin. I believe that when we can get into the glory zone, we'll carry that kind of anointing that this world desperately needs.
1: Yes, I believe it's all about atmosphere. And as, and as a worship leader, see, I used to think of myself as an artist. I was actually challenged to become a music artist. I had some people that say, if you just, if you just quit going this direction and you just start singing more contemporary songs, we can produce you and make you huge. But it's like, th- that, because I had that vision in 97 of the throne room said I couldn't go that way. I knew who I was because I'd been to the throne room, and I understood that's not the direction. I am a psalmist, and the psalmist's responsibility is not to please the people. But to please the king, and when you please the king, you walk in the favor of the supernatural, and you see the you see the abundance of the kingdom released, and the blessings and the covering in, in in the life, and 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 so as a psalmist, it's my responsibility to create an atmosphere to where when people walk into that atmosphere, whatever they need is going to be met, whether it's a healing or a financial need. Why? Because the presence of God has invaded. This space.
0: All right, for example, let me play a selection right now. Uh, the Glory of the King. What is going to happen to someone as they participate in this music? What, what, what are you accomplishing with this song, The Glory of the King?
1: I believe that there is going to be a glory invasion in their home. I believe as they release their worship to God and, and join with this song, that they are going to experience a weight of God's presence in their home that will tra- that will. It it will, uh, what's the word? It it will affect them so greatly, and and it it will be that throne zone experience that I had in ninety seven. I believe it's going to be a divine God encounter.
0: What, What are you declaring in this song, "The Glory of the King"?
1: We are declaring that He rules and reigns in righteousness. His throne will last forever, and there is none greater than the great God, our King Jehovah. And
0: what's going to happen in heaven? as this music goes to heaven, what what is happening in the throne room as they're hearing this music?
1: I believe that this becomes an antiphonal response uh, antiphonal meaning we, 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 some people know this in liturgy where we release something upon the earth and, and it goes to the heavens and we wait because the antiphonal response is when heaven responds back to earth and I believe we see that modeled in heaven where the, between the cherubim and the seraphim but I believe what we're doing is we're releasing that antiphonal response from earth to the heavens which uh, puts us on that vertical plane and when we do that I tell people that's the place where heaven kisses earth.
0: Okay, you ready? Let's hear the glory of the king.
2: Glory fills the earth. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. I see the king, and he is seated on the throne. High and exalted is the Lord. There is nothing that compares. that compare there is nothing that compare say to-
0: That was a little sample of Keith Duncan. And Keith is a forerunner of the music and the worship that is coming to planet Earth. But more important, it is a catalyst to get you into the throne zone. Now, I know what's going to happen to a worship leader that gets a hold of this book and the two CDs. It'll be a paradigm shift in their life, just as it was for Keith. But what about the average Businessman, the average housewife, uh, the uh, the average student uh, that's doing all they can to just hang on there. Uh, what impact will it have when they learn how to get in the throne zone, Keith Duncan?
1: I believe that we we really have to begin with the understanding that we are merely uh, we are spiritual bodies having a temporary bodily experience. We're we're not we're not earthly bodies having a having a little bit of a dose of the Holy Spirit here and there, God has called us to do great works in the Spirit. And when we connect with the heart of God and we can hear Him speak into our lives, then we can go forth and we can operate in words of knowledge or words of wisdom, or we can see atmospheres transition as we begin to walk into rooms, because the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is going with us wherever we go. We, will carry, we are carriers of the glory. So when you're in the throne zone, you become, like a sponge. You soak it up. You take everything you can so that when you go out, you're on a strategic assignment from the Father to be squeezed out and poured out into whatever area he puts you in.
0: No more same old, same old. The most exciting life you've ever anticipated is ahead. I want you to get this book, The Throne Zone, and the two CDs by Keith Duncan, available for a gift of $40. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming mishpocha or Chal write to me, Sidroth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast... Send a donation to Sid Roth, that's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.